Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, from the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sister sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of the world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not with them. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Your brother will rise again. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Where have they laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? 
But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This morning we are going to talk about one of the other resurrection stories in the Bible. The raising of Lazarus from the dead, the story we just heard, wonderfully read for us. In this story we hear that Lazarus has become ill, and it's pointed out to us that he is the brother of Mary who poured oil on Jesus' feet and dried them with her hair in such a dramatic way. And in this text, Lazarus is described as the one you love to Jesus. So it is apparent that these are not just random people in Jesus' life. These are not just folks who came upon him on the street, as they often did, asking for help, asking for a healing. These are close, intimate friends, people that Jesus had a deep and meaningful relationship with. Jesus agrees to go to Lazarus, but he wants to wait a few days. He's in the middle of something. But he says, I'll go to Lazarus, which is a dangerous thing to do because they were out to get him. They were ready to turn him over to the Romans. They were ready to have him arrested. They were ready to get him off the streets and to stop the things he was doing. But he says, I don't care. I'm going to go and see what I can do. And then Thomas, speaking for the rest of the disciples, says, let's go and die with him. So it was a grave situation and a brave thing for them all to do, to go to Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem, and be with this family as they grieve. And of course, when Jesus gets there, Lazarus is dead. But Jesus comforts the sisters, Mary and Martha, and says, Your brother will rise again. And of course, Martha, thinking that these are just words of comfort, says, Oh yes, I know, he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. We're all waiting for that, Jesus. But Jesus says to her, No, 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 that isn't what I mean. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And asks, Do you believe me when I tell you this? She gives a good answer. 
And Jesus wants to go to him. And he was there with everyone. And it says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus then asked them to remove the stone, which freaks everyone out because, you know, four-day-old body. I don't want to get into the details, but it's, it's kind of a gross thing, worried about the bad smell. But Jesus says, no, no, take the rock away. He stands there, peering into the darkness, and in a loud voice says, Lazarus, come out. Jesus prays to God. And out came the man, Lazarus, still bound up in his burial shroud. This is a great story, very dramatic and very poignant and full of meaning for the people who heard it from John's community and the people who are hearing it today. Amen? In the midst of this story, Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me shall not die. It's an interesting statement. What is meant by it? The resurrection is something that is not unique to Christianity. In Jesus' day, those who followed the, the Pharisees' version of Judaism were anxiously awaiting the resurrection after the Messiah would come and their expectation that was when people died that someday they would be resurrected in that great and terrible day of the Lord, they called it, when the Messiah would come and bring an end to all things and bring about God's just kingdom. Then the people would raise from the dead and God would make everything right and take care of all of that. And it was this, this hope that people had for seeing their loved ones someday. It was the hope that people had in an afterlife. And for an oppressed people, like the Jews in Jesus' day and in John's day, it was the hope that this was not all there was. It was the hope that even though we're being occupied now by Rome and even though we've been occupied by other countries and even though our destiny is not our own someday someday we will go home to be with God and God will make all things right this was the hope of resurrection then and I dare say it sounds a lot like the hope of resurrection we have now but Jesus says I am the resurrection I am the resurrection Martha wants to say, yes, this resurrection in the last days, yes, Lord, that will come. It's going to be a great day, Lord. And we'll see Lazarus again in those days. But Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection here and now. And we'll see Lazarus today. Just to prove my point. <laughs> I am the resurrection right now. I'm standing right in front of you. What Christ seems to be doing again here is offering life in the here and now, not in the hereafter, not after we die. Don't wait till then to take control of your life. Don't wait till then 
to finally get everything put together. Don't wait for God to fix everything now. The resurrection is available to you today. And this story of Lazarus serves as a vehicle for the message that Jesus Christ brings to a world in deep need of hope. That new life is not waiting for you after you die. But new life is right here and right now. And even when hope seems so dead, Jesus shows us that hope can always be resurrected. Jesus, who knew and loved Lazarus. Jesus, who knows and loves you and me. Jesus, who knows our deepest, darkest, ugliest secrets and who loves us anyway. Jesus, who knows our deepest pain and our deepest sorrows and our deepest regrets and the worst sins we do and weeps. This same Jesus meets us at our tomb and stares into the darkness and calls out, Come out! I know you were nervous about what the title Come Out meant today. <laughs> it could have been a, you know, a whole other thing, right? <laughs> I know that made fun of us nervous. But it's not, a, it's not a call to come out to just a few of us. It's a call to come out to all of us. Amen? Like Lazarus, we too can find ourselves entombed, entrapped in the darkness of a cave with a, with a giant rock out in front of us. These tombs, usually of our own making, can we be honest? Amen. A tomb of my own making, like the tombs of our own desires. I want more, I want better, I want this, I want that, I want it all. Like the tombs of our own apathy, I don't really care. I'm untouched, I'm unmoved, I'm unaffected by the world around me. Like the tombs of our own complacency. I don't want to let God change me. I'm comfortable the way I am. I like my sin. I like my situation. I like my, my cynicism. I don't want what God wants for me. I like being the way I am. I like... I'm being served right now to heck with the rest of the world. Oftentimes these tombs seem like they are things out of our own control, like the the tombs of the things that have happened to us. I've been hurt. I've been denied. I have been not given a fair chance. Like the tombs of the things that we have done. I'm not good. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy. Like the tomb of defeat. My issues are too big, too hard, or too overwhelming. They will never change. I'm too old to change. And this world is too big, too hard, and too overwhelming to change. These tombs, these tombs, these caves of darkness and despair, that in, they encase us and lock us away. They're the places of death that kill our spirit and our hope and our will to press on. Tombs are dark, cold, and scary places. And this is not the kind of life Christ died to give us. Jesus did not hang on a cross so we could flounder. 
so that we could writhe under the stranglehold of this ugly and bitter world. Jesus did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. Power to be who we were created to be. Power to live the way God intended us to live. I say us because we are not alone in this. We are inextricably connected one to another. Your resurrection is my resurrection and my resurrection is yours. We can't do it alone. I can't rise without you and you cannot rise without me. This that we live in now is not the kingdom that Jesus died for. Jesus died to usher in a new kind of kingdom. So many followers of Jesus Christ today are a lot like Martha. They just want to keep waiting for the resurrection to happen. Pinning their hopes on the world that comes next. Counting on God to straighten it all out. But Jesus says to Martha and says to us today, the resurrection is now. Don't let yourself be entombed again. So the question I pose to each of us today is, what, a, what is our tomb? What is your tomb? What is my tomb? What holds us down? What keeps us from becoming the people God created us to be? Is it something we do? Are we entombed by some bad action or habit? Are we entombed by our behavior patterns that keep us isolated from the others around us? Are we entombed by our sins that we cannot seem to get past? Is it our situation? Are we entombed by a bad job? A bad relationship? A bad situation and circumstance? But Jesus implores us to hear that there is something more not just in the afterlife, but now. Whatever our tombs may be, in this time of Lent, when we invite Jesus to search our hearts, and when Jesus stands at the opening and yells into the darkness, Come out! Come out that you may see the daylight that you can only see through the eyes that God gives you. Come out that you may know true joy, true fulfillment, True peace of mind. Come out that you may throw off the death shroud that entangles you and keeps you from moving. Come out that you may no longer be held in by your own shortcomings or the shortcomings of others. Come out and recognize that Jesus has so much more to give you than these tombs that hold on too desperately. Come out and breathe in new life. True life, everlasting life, fulfilled life, blessed and faith-filled life, real life. Amen. Come out. You know what I'll say? Here's the thing. It's not just about coming out. And then when we're out there, this is what poor Lazarus, he's all bound up. Right? He gets out of the tomb and that's not enough. You know, he's doing this. Probably going, someone help me here? But Jesus said, let him go. 
Unbinding. Take those claws off so we can run, so we can soar, so we can fly. That's the kind of life God has in store for us. Not this. I don't know why I'm getting so worked up, but. <laughs> It just feels like there's more to life than the things that seem to occupy so much of our hearts and our minds and our souls and our passion. Our passions just get pushed down. But Jesus says, come out! Let those passions soar. Because you know what? When you follow your heart, when you follow your passion, the kingdom of God will be built. Amen? This world is not stuck in the place it's in. We have been empowered by God to change it. To bring about, to usher in, to herald and to point to the kingdom of God. You have everything you need. Death is not it. The death we feel day in and day out, those things that just tug us down. When we look in the mirror, that, that sense of, ugh. <laughs> i got to tell you, that's not what Jesus sees. Jesus sees something else. Look how powerful you are. Look how wonderful you are. Look how wonderfully made you are. Look at the potential you have inside of you. Just listen to me when I tell you how wonderful you are. And let that soar. We're invited this morning to, in this time of Lent, in this time of searching, in this time of connecting ourselves to those things, those deepest desires that God has for us, that point us to joy and life and fullness. We're invited in this time of Lent to embrace the resurrection now that God offers through that deep and meaningful relationship. We're invited. And as we accept that, as we embrace that, as we live into it, as we journey toward it, my faith is this, that you will change the world and that God will be glorified. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you raise Lazarus from the dead. Gracious and loving God, you put muscle and sinew on dry, dead bones. Oh God, when we feel most dead, when we feel most dry, when we feel like just a bunch of bones, we ask God that you would also breathe new life into us that we may be the mighty, wonderfully made creation you created us to be. God, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for each other and the incredible connection and the blessings that come through that connection we have one with another. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.